Father God, I thank you for Tom. Thank you for the ways that you've been speaking to him this week. Thank you for the work that he's put in to prepare this talk. But I pray that you might be speaking to him now and speaking through him. And I pray that you open our hearts to hear what you want to say to us this morning as we yeah, listen to what he has to say. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Robin. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm just going to lift this up. Um, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, my name is Tom. Uh, I'm one of the, the team here at Highgrove. And uh, I am continuing, as Robin said, um, our captive series looking at mental health and what the Bible has to say about it. Now, Claire kicked us off last week with, with a really great talk, looking at depression in the life of Elijah. Um, and I'd really recommend catching up with that if you haven't, um, if, yeah, if you missed it. Now, I really love that the Bible has stuff to say about mental health. It is full of stories of real human beings struggling with life um, and being vulnerable um, through that. And it's really validating to know that what you or I might be going through isn't abnormal. It's not unusual. It's part of being human. It doesn't disqualify us from being part of God's story. Um, if we're battling for our mental health, we're not failures. I want some people might need to hear that. You're not a failure if you're battling with your mental health. Sometimes in church circles, it can be um, sort of the, there's that almost pressure to have it all together. I don't know if you, you felt that. Um, but through this series, we want to shine a light on that and say, actually, it's okay to not be okay. And we want to try and equip all of us to try and deal better with the struggles of life, including anxiety, which we're going to be looking at this morning. Now, right at the, at the start, I want to say I am a software developer by trade. I am not a mental health expert. So if I say anything that's not quite right, or if, if I say that's something that upsets you, I'm really sorry, that's not my intention. Um, what I'm trying to do, trying to share, is hopefully just going to be some useful, practical tips for you to use or for you to, to share with friends if they're struggling with anxiety. But in no way will it be a silver bullet. In the same way that if I prayed for healing for someone, if they had sort of a physical illness, um, if they didn't get healed, I would say, go to a doctor. I'd say exactly the same for mental health. If you're struggling with your mental health and you prayed and, and you might be seeing some improvement but, but not, not complete, then please do go and see your GP uh, and they can help you in a way which is just as God-given as prayer. Um, now, the Whole Minds website um, also has some great advice um, and practical tips, especially about anxiety. So I'd recommend checking that out. It's wholeminds.org.uk. So with that uh, disclaimer out of the way, let's focus in on the topic of anxiety. Now, uh, the American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Now, for maybe a slightly more creative or, or a definition that you can grasp a bit more, um, Max Licardo, he's a pastor in the States who talks about anxiety a lot, says it's a low-grade fear, it's an edginess, a dread, a cold wind which won't stop howling. It's not so much a storm as the certainty that one is coming, always coming. I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Uh, now, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone here has had anxious states before. Um, yeah, maybe before an exam, maybe before starting a new school or a university. 
Maybe you relocated or you've got a new job um, and you felt anxious before that. Maybe you had a, a medical checkup that you're worried about. Or, um, I don't know, a particular thing that's going on in the news has made you anxious. Anxiety is not uncommon. And it's not wrong if we feel anxious about situations or, or even if we seem to have sort of anxious traits where, where we just have nagging thoughts just eating away at us. It's very natural to feel anxious about any or all of the things that I just mentioned. But there is a real tension here between what's normal and natural, feeling anxious, and then what the Bible says about being able to live life in all its fullness. Max Licardo, again, that, that pastor, says this, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. And it's really easy to say that, to read it, uh, to understand it, but, but what does it look like in real life? Well, I think it can be difficult. The life of a Christian isn't easy. Jesus says that it's a narrow pathway, but the key is, it is a pathway. There is hope. We don't have to be trapped in this prison of anxiety. You know, the Bible says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So how can we be trying to make sure we stay out of that prison? Or maybe if you're already there this morning, how can you maybe try to start to escape it? Now, while I was preparing for this talk, um, I found that anxiety tends to lead to one of two coping strategies. There's worry and there's avoidance. Now, Brené Brown um, says, she, she defines worry as a chain of negative thoughts about bad things that might happen in the future. And we can often get entangled in those, those thoughts. They can keep going round and round in our heads, and we, we can fixate on them, imagining worst-case scenarios. Worry doesn't change the situation, though. If anything, it just makes us more het up about it. And then the second coping strategy is avoidance or distraction. And, and again, if we step back, we know that avoidance doesn't help tackle the situation that we're anxious about. And Dr. Harriet Lerner shared this insight. She said, you want to feel comfortable, so you avoid doing or saying the things that will evoke fear and other difficult emotions. Avoidance will make you feel less vulnerable in the short term, uh, in the short run, but it will never make you less afraid. So avoidance and worry are two common but actually really unhelpful coping strategies. So the rest of this time this morning, I want to look at what is a good way to cope with anxiety. And so we'll begin by digging into our passage. This is Philippians 4. Um, if you've got a Bible, why don't you flick to it? Otherwise, it'll be on the screens behind me. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have heard or uh, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, 
and the God of peace will be with you. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow, those are challenging words from Paul, aren't they? You know, what, what does he have to say about anxiety? What right does he have to say these? Well, actually, he wrote these words while he was under house arrest. And this is the same Paul that in 2 Corinthians 1 said this, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. He'd been put in prison multiple times. He'd been flogged, stoned, whipped. He'd been shipwrecked three times. (laughs) Wherever he went, there was danger around him. So if there was anyone who could speak about anxiety, it was Paul. He had such a right to be anxious if he wanted to. And yet he wrote those words, do not be anxious. And so looking at this passage, um, I think reveals some of his coping strategies. And like I've said, uh, it's not necessarily a silver bullet, but um, hopefully it can evolve into habits which you can use to battle anxiety. So those coping strategies look like this. It's practicing thankfulness, praying in every situation, and training your thoughts. So I love how Paul begins this passage. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again. Rejoice. Thankfulness was Paul's default position. Even when he was enduring hardship, when he was in prison, he was thankful. He wasn't thankful for the hardship necessarily, um, but he realized that there's so much that we can be thankful to God for. And one of the most basic ways that we have to pray, I don't know if you've heard of it, is the teaspoon prayer, T-S-P, thank you. And then you say sorry, and then we say please. We teach it to children that we start off with thanksgiving. So why is thankfulness important? Well, first, I think it reminds us that there is more to life than just the situation we're uh, anxious about. So often that we can, we can sort of, when we're anxious, just really focus in on the situation that we're anxious about, whereas thankfulness gives us a lens and allows us to look outside of that. Secondly, um, it sort of reminds us of our position before God. He is God, we are not. He has created all of the wonderful things that we're surrounded by. Um, He is the King of Kings. He loves each and every one of us. If there's anyone who can help us in our time of need, it's God. And actually, um, thankfulness has scientifically been proven to help our mental health. So Paul was really onto something when he suggested that we be thankful uh, as a way to cope with anxiety. Secondly, uh, Paul encourages us to pray in every situation. And it might sound obvious, but prayer is so helpful when we're anxious. Often talking things through with people can help us. I don't know if you, you can associate with that. Um, just talking to humans can be useful for our, our mental state. But surely talking to God, who's always there, who's always listening, and who has power to change things, must be even better. It's important to know that God won't necessarily change the situation, although we can definitely be praying that he will. Um, But he is more likely to change us or change our outlook on the situation. And again, it might not be immediate, 
But I'm convinced that the more time we spend uh, wrestling with God in these situations, the closer that we get to him. And so actually, um, you know, being anxious and using that as a, a prompt to pray can be a wonderful way to get closer to God. And the wonderful truth is that God cares. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, in our our D groups recently, we read about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it's such a great illustration of um, of praying through um, what you're anxious about. Jesus is coming to God. He's bearing his soul, saying, God, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go to the cross, but not my will, but yours be done. And he asks three times for God to change that situation. Why does he do it three times? Well, Maybe it took those three times for him to realize that the cross was the only way. And maybe it was those three times that actually he realized the situation wasn't going to change, but it allowed him to come to that place of joyful surrender. So we can pour our hearts out to God in prayer. But actually, there's something else in the Garden of Gethsemane that I just want to focus on. Um, And yeah, let's read it first. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So not only did Jesus go through that process of bringing his anxious thoughts to God, bearing his soul, but he asked his close friends to pray too. It's important for us to be praying when we're anxious, but it's just as important to get close friends around us praying for us. You know, sometimes we can struggle to know what or even how to pray when we're going through difficult times, but our friends can be lifting us up before God in prayer. We are made for community. We share our joys and our struggles in community. Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Maybe if you don't have Christian friends that you feel that you can sort of open up to and ask to to pray if you're struggling, I'd really encourage you to seek that out. It doesn't happen by accident. Be be trying to join up a small group. It's not too late to join a D group. Um, Try and find people maybe that you you often chat to on a Sunday morning and ask that, yeah, have a chat to them about that. I've certainly, over the years, really appreciated being prayed for so much as part of a small group or prayer triplets, stuff like that. And it's a wonderful way of journeying alongside people uh, in difficult times. So let's be praying in every situation, both on our own and with close, people, close friends. And then finally, in our passage, Paul endorses us to train our thoughts The New Living Translation puts it like this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What we think about has a huge impact on our mental health. It's one of the reasons why thankfulness is so good because it's focusing on positives rather than negatives. And, and as Claire mentioned last week, we have such a negativity bias where any negative thought is so much easier to remember and, and recall. 
And apparently, we need at least three positive thoughts to, to sort of level out each negative one. So sometimes we might need to develop habits which enable us to, to change our thought patterns. Um, things like what we eat and drink, caffeine, the effect of that on our minds, the amount of sleep we get or, or whether we exercise can actually make a big difference on our thought lives. Maybe if a particular situation in the news is causing you anxiety, then you need to be careful about how much you engage with the news. And I certainly found that during the pandemic when the news was all about the graphs and, and the death rates and stuff like that. And I actually had to take a step back from that to, to just sort of reset my thought patterns. And our, our mobile phones can be such a, a trigger for anxiety. And you know, we've got constant access to the news, to social media, to, to things that often trigger anxiety. So you might want to consider setting time limits on apps or even uninstalling them as a way of sort of breaking that train of anxious thoughts. Sometimes we might even need to be a bit more, um, a bit more extreme and just take a step back, to step out of a situation, go for a walk. Um, and again, in the pandemic, I certainly found that getting out of the house was a great way just to reset my thoughts. You might even need to get away for a few days, just, just away from the house, away from your normal situation uh, to break those habits. And, do, and it's not about avoidance. We don't want to fall into that trap of avoidance. But sometimes stepping back to reset our thoughts is necessary for breaking the cycle. So rather than worrying or avoiding situations, let's try those three things. Let's express thankfulness allowing our eyes to be lifted from our current situation, gaining a, a wider perspective. Let's pray our anxieties in every situation to God, spending time in his presence, pouring out our hearts to him. And let's train our minds to think about good, loving, admirable, pure, true things. And doing all of those things will enable us to experience the peace of God. And just to put that into practice, actually, uh, the last um, couple of weeks have been quite stressful and, and quite uh, anxious for me. Um, I had a really tight deadline at work last week, and I was preparing various things for church, and we were about to go on holiday, which, although lovely, um, always has that, that little bit of uh, anxiety trying to get things ready for it. So everything was just happening at once. It was all piling up. And um, I'm one of those people, when I'm anxious, I wake up in the middle of the night, and then my, my thoughts just keep going round and round. Um, and, and then it means that you sleep less well, so you're tired of the next day, and then that just adds to the anxiety. So I started practicing what I've just talked about. I started being thankful. I started praying in every situation. I started trying to train my thoughts. So especially when I woke up in the middle of the night, um, I would, rather than sort of focusing on those worried thoughts, maybe a worried thought about, about this talk would come up, um, and instead of sort of worrying about that, I would turn it into thankfulness. Thank you, God, for this lovely church family. Thank you, God, that we have the Bible to guide us and to teach us. Thank you, God, that we have the ability to speak about Jesus freely in this country. Maybe a thought about work would pop up. Thank you, God, for my work. Thank you, God, for my colleagues. You get the idea. It's sort of changing those worried thoughts, those imagining what the bad things that could happen and turning them to thankfulness. It really helped that my anxiety over the last couple of weeks. Um, 
And, and actually, it meant that I got closer to God, and I was able to sleep better. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Um, yeah, rather than letting anxious thoughts prevail, just putting those into practice really helped me. So hopefully, they might be helpful for you as well. And there's two things that I wanted to share that I felt God highlighting just before we head into a time of communion. Firstly is a quote from Timothy Keller um, that says, The peace of God is not the absence of fear. It, in fact, is his presence. Now, this morning, maybe you need to experience God's peace by experiencing God's presence. And, yeah, as I said, we're going to take communion, and what better place to meet with God than in communion? Uh, And after that, we'll also have a time of prayer and worship, so let's be open to the Holy Spirit. And maybe if you're here this morning and, and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, but you're having anxious thoughts, why not just open yourself up to to the possibility that God could meet with you this morning? And then secondly uh, is a lyric um, from a a song based on the book The Pilgrim Progress. And in the story, this guy, Christian, and his friend are setting out from from the city of destruction uh, on the the way to the heavenly city, and they fall into a bog of despair. And the lyrics go like this. It's a bit small, but it says, The man sank deep in the miry ground, with a pack on his back still weighing him down, while his friend left him there without even saying goodbye. But he reached to the side and found hope was there, as a hand helped him out of the pit of despair, and he shook himself off and walked in the way of the sky. And so maybe this morning, you feel like you're in that pit of despair, and you need to feel the hand of God lifting you out and putting your feet back on solid ground, like it says in Psalm 40. And again, during the worship time, uh, myself and and a few people in the prayer ministry team will be at the back, and we would love to pray for you. Um, you We'd love to pray whatever you're going through, um, but especially if you feel like you're in that prison of anxiety and you need God just to lift you out of that. Um, And Matt, hey, um, sorry, would you mind sharing what you um, shared earlier? Just another another word, and then we'll hand over to, to Robin. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, so just a few of us were praying before the service. Um, let me just think, what was it? Yes, um, felt that perhaps somebody was particularly worried about, uh, you know, cost of living and financial sort of pressures that were coming towards us all, but just that particular sense of enhanced or en- a sort of heightened sense of worry around how you're going to make ends meet and just felt like God wanted to speak into that. And also just a picture of somebody um, like continually refreshing like your, your bank app or your payments app, or sort of constantly checking the balance, almost not being sure of even what you know is true. So yeah, just we just felt perhaps that God was speaking to those situations particularly, and if that's true, yeah, go go and find someone and have a chat and have a pray. Thanks, Matt. So um, yeah, let's pray, and then I'll hand over to Robin. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you care. And God, we, we come to you this morning, and, and um, yeah, for anyone that's really struggling with anxiety, Lord, we pray that you would meet with them. We pray that you'd meet with all of us as we, um, as we meet you at the table. And Lord, that your presence would bring your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.